Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. Uh, that is a cover song of a Kesha, the great Kesha, uh, a song called Take It Off. I was hosting trivia around 2007, 2008, nah, probably 2008, 2009, and uh, I was trying to find music that other people liked so that I could play at trivia. And I found that song and I thought, wow, this is a cool song, but I feel like my soul's being sucked out when I listen to it. And I thought this would, always, this would make a really good country song. And uh, Troy Ritchie, uh, who made my intro song, my normal intro song, uh, made this for me. He made a country version of that and I think he's gonna release it soon. I, didn't, I, I don't know how all that works, but we talked a little bit about it. He's gonna release it. And I'm very excited about it. Also, exciting news, I met Troy Ritchie. I'd never met him before. He was at my show this weekend in Chattanooga. Him and his dad, Mac Ritchie, came out, um, and we met after the show, had a great time hanging and talking, and then the next day we went to a place called The Blue Plate. Me, Mac, Troy, Hannah, uh, we went to a place called The Blue Plate, had some breakfast burritos, and it was a great time. Um, so that song, yeah, it's just so fun. So here we are, the podcast after I had a lot of energy. I don't know what to do week to week with podcast. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I started, I said, I'm going to release one every Tuesday. Here it is Wednesday at 1240. I already recorded 20 minutes of a podcast and then half, I was like, what am I even saying right now? And so I lost train of thought. I told a long story about a guy drinking milk out of a dog nipple and then uh, I was just like, what am I even saying? I had so much. I talked about church and camping and eating poop. And then here we are. I'm starting over because I really had lost my train of thought. And maybe I will tell those stories at another time. Maybe I'll tell them this podcast. But what I'd like to do is I like doing a series. I like telling a series of things where, uh, you know, I can really get into the story and I can be like, all right, well, this happened and this happened and this happened. And in 2012, as anybody who's listened to this podcast for any length of time knows that that's when I quit drinking. And um, my friend Evan Burke, who has now moved to Nashville, he's going to be living with me for a few months um, until he finds a place or whatever. And uh, he's not currently here right now. But in 2012, um, after I quit drinking, um, we ended up going to a place called Seaside, Florida, uh, 30A, as people know it. It's the place where they filmed The Truman Show and with Jim Carrey. And we did a couple of shows there, and then that launched a yearly thing that we would do. Every July, we would go down to Seaside, Florida and do shows. It was me and Evan Burke and another friend, Vince Fabra. And the three of us would do that. And once in a while, we would add a person uh, but it was always that cast until the very last one. The very last trip we did, it was uh, uh, me and Evan and Jordan Jensen. And that was the last one that we did. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot happened on those trips, a lot of fun stuff. 
And I thought, we did that from 2012 to 2017. So I thought, hey, maybe I'll talk about that and what was going on during those years. Because, you know, my podcast about pesticides was from, you know, basically 2008 to 2012. And then that's where we left off. So this way, it keeps us going, figuring out what's going on in my life during this time um and also um you know uh oh, here we go losing train of thought again that's what happens to me um so that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna start a podcast right now where i talk about seaside this is going to be 2012 so this will be where my life left off now i know i talked about 2012 a little bit before in selling pesticides but i'm going to talk about this and I'm going to get us kicked off um, with a Charlie Crockett song because I was talking about Charlie Crockett last night on Twitter. He retweeted me, and uh, so I feel very good today. And um, But I think he's really great. So I'm going to play one Charlie Crockett song, and then I'm going to get into the Seaside Tour. Now, this is a cover, so this is not his song, but... He does a great job with it. Everybody's gone away. Please, they're gone. It's time to stay. There's not a soul I know around. Everybody's leaving town. Some call a fate, some call a flame. Find the sunshine, leave the rain. They said this time's a waste of time. I guess they're right, it's wasting mine. Some got to win, some gotta lose. Charlie's got the blues Good time Charlie's got the Okay, all right. That's not the whole song, but we got to get going. All right, so 2012, right? This is 2012. Let's see what this button does. I'd say that was an appropriate sound effect. Uh, I got a lot of clapping and cheering in here. I need a lot of... Uh, positive reassurance. Is that the word? I need a lot of it, right? So I'm always like, I need I need clapping and cheering anytime. I played football in the eighth grade. I never, I only played one play the whole season. All I wanted was the pep rally. I chose, we got to choose our own jersey number, just pick them up off the floor. I chose number three. I was not the kicker or the punter. I was a wide receiver, so they say. And, um, but I got to go first in the pep rally and I got a lot of cheers and that was worth it for me. I was like, I don't want to play football. I just want to get cheered for. And then I was like, you know what? Comedy. Okay, so 2012, early 2012, I want to say January 28th, I quit drinking. But I had not quit my job yet. It was still a couple of months to go on the pesticide job. But I had a car. So I was hosting a trivia. I was hosting a Tuesday night trivia at Mellow Mushroom in West Ashley. And I was hosting a Thursday night trivia at Yo Burrito uh, in downtown Charleston. And, you know, so I had, you know, speaker equipment and stuff like that that I would always have in my car and I would set up. And then I was doing a Wednesday night open mic at uh, Big Gun Burger. 
But the Mellow Mushroom Trivia had a wireless microphone. They had their own built-in sound system. So I didn't really have to take any equipment there. So that was really nice. So um, when I sold my car, I kept all those trivia gigs. Uh, Yo Burrito, I would put the speaker thing on a hand truck, and I would wheel it down the street on a hand truck and bring it in and set it up. Uh, and the, the Mellow Mushroom, I would bike I just looked it up. 3.3 miles I would bike from my house to the Mellow Mushroom to um, uh, to do trivia. So I would bike. But usually what I would do was go to, um, uh, what is it called? Planet Fitness? Yeah. I would go to Planet Fitness, which was... 7.4 miles so i would drive 7.4 miles and then back four uh to host trivia and i was working it i mean i lost 40 pounds in two months i was working it so this was at a total life change in my life obviously you know and i'm doing these things i've quit drinking uh evan burke put on a show called the parade of fools i was going to quit comedy i had Completely changed my life. I was going to quit comedy, but I had already signed up to do Evan Burke's show called Parade of Fools, which was a competition, and I ended up winning the competition. Now, in 2012, I'm the reigning Charleston stand-up comedy competition champion. I won first place in 2011, and the next competition will be at the end of the year 2012. I'm the reigning champion, and I'm considering quitting comedy because my life was so changed. And then this Parade of Fools competition happened. I won that, and I thought, you know what? All right, maybe I will stick around and do comedy. So all of this is going on, and Evan gets this opportunity on this uh, new internet radio show called Kinetic Hi-Fi. Uh, Boyd, uh, Boyd and, uh, well, it's been a long time. Brad, Boyd and Brad. Brad actually died, very sadly. Uh, but Boyd and Brad... Um, were, were, had put together this Kinetic Hi-Fi, which was going to be new internet radio for Charleston, and they were looking for all sorts of content. They had a studio set up. So me and Evan were doing a show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Now, Yo Burrito Trivia wasn't going all the time. Like, it was mainly for college students, so during the summer it wouldn't be going. So we were doing Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I would drive, or I would bike, seven and a half miles to the gym I would work out I would drive back four miles to host two hours of trivia and then it would be done by 10 and then at 11 p.m me and Evan would go and we would host um, a radio show for three hours we called it the three hour comedy hour and I would bike about a mile to do that and then when that was done I would bike four miles home at 1 a.m and this is what I was doing. I mean, I was feeling uh, the best. And so we'd go sit in this room and just talk. Basically, we were doing a podcast. We were doing a three-hour podcast every night that we did no preparation for. But we had a lot of fun. We'd have guests come on. I remember we had a guy named Bennett Jones come on and play a song. He had, I think it was a rap song that he was doing on a guitar. Uh, I forget what it was. I feel like it was an outcast song, but who knows. And... Um, and then Vince Fabra, who was uh, my friend and who I, you know, I don't remember exactly when me and Vince met. I want to say probably 2011, 2010, something like that. I was dating a girl who was working with Vince's now wife, and me and, and Vince had moved to town looking for some comedy, and we got introduced. And I liked Vince right away. He's a very likable guy. So we started to hang out. I mean, he wasn't the drinker that I was. He still drinks, you know, like he's... Uh, but he wasn't a drinker like me. Like, I don't think I've ever saw Vince wasted, um, but he's definitely seen me wasted. So, so we're hosting this thing, and we would have guests come in and do stuff. And, I mean, we had two comics in town. I'll call them just so. I, we, we had Ace Allen and Case Yards. That was their nicknames. Uh, these are not their real names, but Ace Allen and Case Yards. And they were, listen, they were very likable guys. Everybody liked them in, this, in the community, but they were not good at comedy. Now, I don't mean this to run them down or trash them, but they weren't working hard at it. And as I've said before, comedy is not for everyone. Not being good at comedy doesn't mean you're not good at other things. People take it as some great insult to say I'm not good at comedy. 
It doesn't mean you're not funny. It doesn't mean that you're not likable. It doesn't mean that people don't laugh at, you know, laugh at things you say. But comedy, doing stand-up comedy is so much different than just being funny from your friends. So not being good at comedy, it shouldn't mean that you've lost self-worth. Like if I went out to the rec center and tried to play pickup basketball with the people that are playing, chances are I'm going to be the least good person out there. But is that going to make me feel bad about myself? No, because I've found something else that I'm good at. So I just like to preface that. I'm not running these guys down. In case they listen, I don't know if they listen or not. Um, but I've always liked them. But they were kind of the worst comics on the scene, right? And so we had we were going to have a, a, a roast battle where they roast each other. And it was really built up in the comedy scene. I mean, the comedy scene was pumped for it. That was what the three-hour comedy hour, the big thing was going to be the roasting of Case Yard and Ace Allen. They were going to battle each other. And you know what? It was terrible. You know why? Because they never were that good at writing jokes. So even writing jokes about themselves, they were not very good. But I love those guys. And, um, and I still keep in contact with them a bit. And uh, I'm happy uh, to see them. Ha I think Ace Allen has like two kids now. And uh, he keeps telling me, oh, you know what? I'm, I may reach out to him. He, he used to tell me all the time, if you come to Indy, let me know. I want to come see your show. And then I would come. I've been like, I don't know, 20 times and he's never been. Um, but I'll reach out to him. So that's what we were doing. We were living life. I mean, I had quit my full-time job. I was no longer a pesticide salesman. I no longer had health insurance. I no longer had uh, retirement. Well, I don't know if I ever did that. I no longer had a salary. I had, I was waiting tables three days a week, hosting trivia and hosting an open mic. That was my income. I, for all intents and purposes, I didn't have a, a, a career or a future. Um, I was just living life. And it was honestly the greatest time of my life. Um, I mean, at the time, I mean, I like to think that my every day is the best day of my life, right? I mean, Obviously, that's not true. We all have ups and downs, right? But it's like, I want every year to be better than the last. I don't want to look back on, on, on stuff in the past and go, oh, man, I was having a good time back then. You know what I mean? Like, if I start not having a good time, I got to switch it up, no matter what that means. Like, at the time, I know this seems crazy now, but at the time, it seemed unheard of to quit the pesticide job to go in to to go back to waiting tables to pursue comedy. Like, and even that wasn't the goal at the time. I did not quit the pesticide job to pursue comedy. I quit the pesticide job because I was hating my life, right? I was like, this sucks. I got to switch it up. So I completely switched it up. And then I even gave up comedy. And then once I was in a more settled place, I was able to relaunch, but I had to, you know, I had to get back to, uh, to a place where I could regrow, if that makes sense. So it's like, you know, and I'm like that now. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I know everyone would say it was crazy, but it's like, I'm at a place now where I really enjoy what I'm doing. But if I ever reach a place where I'm like, I don't like this, then I'll have to switch it up to some degree. I am uh, I am Dusty Slay. I am a, a, a human being. I'm not, I'm not Dusty Slay, a comedian, necessarily. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I mean, I'm just like, I don't know who I'm asking. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's no one in the room. But um, I'm just saying, uh, happiness, you have to maintain happiness, right? And you can't look for your happiness in things. So it's like... Uh, Anyway, so I was having such a great time. We were doing kinetichifi.com, three-hour comedy hour, really rocking it. And um, Evan meets this guy, or maybe he knew the guy already, named Taylor. And Taylor is big money, right? Comes from a rich family. He's, he's very motivated. He's on top of it. He's popping it. He's like, you know, he's like wheeling and dealing. He's got opportunities. It's floating around, and he goes, he says to Evan, I got this place in Seaside, Florida. My family goes there every year. He said, I think that you, you guys should come down and do a show down there. They have a place called Seaside Repertory Theater, and I think you guys could pack it out. We could have a, you know, a really great time. You make some money, and Evan's all about it. So Evan tells me about it. 
we're like, let's do it. We put it together. We're going to do, it's July 15th is what we're going to do. We're going to do two shows on a Sunday, but we're going to drive down on the 13th, on a Friday, to just enjoy ourselves on the beach that weekend. Seaside, Florida, beautiful. It's where they filmed the Truman Show. It's a beautiful city, uh, and the beaches are white, sandy beaches. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, just a wonderful kind of fake created place. So we decide, uh, the poster gets made, it's me and Evan on the poster, and we decide, you know what, let's bring Vince. Let's get Vince to come, because Vince is a fun, all-around, good-time guy, right? So he's going to bring a good, positive vibe to it. So we've never really been on the road. I'm not sure. I think me and Evan had already been to West Virginia, or Virginia, uh, to a college to do a show. I think that had already happened. Actually... No, I think that was later. Anyway, I do think that was later. Uh, this might have been our first real road gig. We had never really gone out of town much. So we got a thing put together, and we're like, well, these people are not going to know who we are. So on our road trip down there, we, we film several different things. We film us traveling down there. We talk about who we are. We film our whole trip from Charleston to Seaside, and then Vince puts together a video. That video is on YouTube. I uh, may repost it, but I look terrible. Uh, this is I had just come off of drinking just a few months. I'm still slimming down. You know, I'm, I'm finding out who I am. And so I don't know that I want to share it, but it's out there. So we're, we're like, we get down there and, and we're staying at Taylor's family's house. Now it's his I wrote down the names. It's his aunt, um, Aunt Sue, and Uncle Richard. Now, they own some restaurants in Atlanta. They're big time, too. They were very nice people. They let us stay, and they're staying at, it's like a three-story house with rooftop access on the beach. I think it's the biggest house in Seaside. That's where we're staying. And we're staying in, like, the kids' room, right? There's, like, six bunk beds in there, and they got us in there, which is totally fine. It's rent-free. We're just hanging out on this beach city, and it's amazing. And, um, you know, we're bouncing around doing our thing. One night, they they feed us, like, steak and lobster, and it's just, like, amazing. And we're getting to know the Seaside people. We had never met the people from the theater in Seaside, and there was the main guy who ran it. His name was Brooke. Um, I've never heard another guy named Brooke before, not Brooks, Brooke, but that's his name. Very cool guy. And then there was like Kyle and, and Megan and Jillian and Alan and Nikki. These were all people that were performers at this theater at the time. And, you know, we went to see them do a play and I don't like plays. I'll be honest. We went to see one play. And then after that, this is what I would say. And, and, and Vince and Evan made fun of me about the way I said this, but I was like, I said the second year, I said, I ain't seeing no plays. They was like, that is exactly how a guy that's not going to see any plays would say he's not going to see any plays. I ain't seeing no plays, but I meant it like that. Right. I don't, I don't like plays. I've, you know, it's like once movies were invented, uh, there was no need for plays. These are the plays that I've seen in, in my life. I went to see a play that a girl that I liked in Charleston uh, was in one time. I went to see that play um, because I was trying to hook up with her, and that didn't work out. And then I took another girl to see a play. My friend T-Mike was in a play, and I took a girl to see the play because I thought, well, that'll show that I'm artistic, and I thought I would hook up with her, and then I didn't. So uh, my success rate with plays is pretty low when it comes to women. And otherwise, I don't know what I'm doing at a play. So, so I don't like plays. It's no, nothing against their play. Their play actually was really entertaining. I think it was a Sherlock Holmes type play. And it was, um, but I'm not into plays. But anyway, so we went to see it. And then, let's see, um, I got I got notes here. I'm not I'm not just spacing out. I got notes here. I've oh so on the way you know I just wrote down a bunch of stuff about it. So anyway, so we go down on Friday. We hang out Friday night. We have a good time. We hang out Saturday. We have a good time. We're doing a little um, what do you call it? Uh, we're handing out pamphlets out on the beach. There's a lot of advertising all around. We're very excited. We've never been out of town to do comedy before. So everywhere we're going, we're like, we're doing comedy this weekend. We're comedians. 
And so we make this video, and Sunday before the show, the first show, I think, sold pretty well. We were, we were pretty excited about the amount of people that came. We showed our video that we made on, because it was like introduction, this is who you're seeing. We showed our video before uh, doing the show on a projection screen, and then we did our first show, and it was great. We were so pumped. And then the next show packed out so much that they had to add chairs. There were seats in the rafters. The family came. It was amazing. And we just crushed it, right? It was just, what a wonderful show. I mean, we were all doing 15, 20 minutes. That's probably all the material we had. We barely had any jokes. I want to see if I can pull up a poster. Uh, I want to share uh, some of my credits. But I don't, Evan might have sent it to me, let's see. Now, I don't know where it's at. Um, but I had not done anything at the time except win the Charleston stand-up comedy competition, and I thought that was going to bring out a lot of people. Um, but it was exciting. We got to go out of town. We got to do stuff, and it was exciting. And that was 2012. And then later that October, uh, they offered for us to come back. So me and Evan were going to go back to Seaside, and Evan had like a family friend that had a nice house out, out there. And then they were going to let us stay there. And But then Evan, his grandmother got sick, or I think one of his grandmothers passed away. And he couldn't go. Vince couldn't go. And so I got my, I don't know if he was my roommate at the time, but friend Danny Green to go with me. Now, Danny Green barely had any time. And so we were going to do an hour and a half. And Danny Green barely had any time, and I, and I, you know, and I had an hour stretching it. I mean, I had an hour with notes on the stool, and I was like, some of those jokes, I'm like, geez, I can't believe I ever did those, right? So Danny Green goes, and he's like a lover of Rory Scoville at the time, so he's just doing, trying to do crowd work, and it's going okay. But we go down there, we're riding with Taylor. Now, Taylor, let me tell you about Taylor. Taylor's big money, right? And so... The first time we go down there, Taylor's like, get ready to quit your job. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I mean, he's ready to be my agent, my manager. He's ready to line it up. Shows are going to start, you know, just flowing in. He's like, get ready to quit your job. Now, Taylor is a great dude, and he did help us out. And uh, I'm always grateful for, for that. But it's just funny to think. He's like, get ready to quit your job. That was 2012. I did quit my job in 2014 and go full-time comedy. Uh, unfortunately, Taylor was not my manager. Um, so, um, so me and Danny go back in October, and this time we're riding with Taylor and his friend. And I swear Taylor's driving like 120 miles an hour the whole way. Me and Danny are frightened. That's how I knew I was beginning to get older. I'm frightened in the car. The whole time. And we get down there in like no time. They're like, oh, I'm so hungover. I feel terrible. We thought they were falling asleep up front. And they got us there and we got there safely. And we stayed at this really nice house. I got the master bedroom because, I'm, you know, I'm the headliner. And uh, it was amazing. We're just hanging. We're hanging with the seaside people. We're getting to know the seaside people a little better this time around. Uh, it's super fun. And... Um, and then we go do the shows, and we barely sell any tickets. I mean, me and Danny are not pulling in the people. And Danny goes up. He's bombing for 15 minutes, and I'm doing okay for 45. I bet, I'm, I bet I, that's what I was doing, 45, and I'm doing okay. But it's like that's how you learn to be good at comedy. I mean, you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, and then you just do it. You ever try to do 45 minutes of comedy in front of 20 people that are just staring at you? It's rough. I mean, some of those jokes were crushing. I remember talking about uh, how I, you know, because in 1996, when the uh, Olympics were going on in Atlanta, I was 14 years old, and I was watching gymnastics uh, girls win a championship, being attracted to every gymnast on that team. And 
it's only not creepy because they were the same age as me at the time. And I had a Wheaties box, and I would make a joke about spending too much time alone with a Wheaties box because they were all of those girls were on the cover, but it definitely was not like that. But I remember saying that joke, and it was a lot of fun. So that was what was happening. So me and Danny went back a second time that year and did the show. So that was really 2012 of the Seaside Tours. Now, I realize there's not so many details. Now, as this goes along, I will try to get Vince on the phone. I will try to get Evan on the phone. Uh, Hannah went with us one year. My friend Derek went with us one year. Uh, and Jordan went with us one year. So maybe I'll try to get each of them to talk about it. And as they go on, what begins to happen is we uh, build a tour around this as opposed to just going down and doing Seaside. So as it goes along, we, we start adding shows along the way. And that's where this will become more fun. But during 2012, what we, we called our Seaside Tour the Low Country Comedy Tour because that's what Charleston's called, is the Low Country. So we were trying to get that wholesome vibe going. But the name would change as it was going. And during this time, I was hosting a Big Gun uh, comedy show at, at uh, what I call it, the Big Gun show at Big Gun Burger Shop. I was hosting that, um, you know, and it was becoming, I mean, in my opinion... It's still the best open mic, weekly open mic we ever had in Charleston. Now, people will argue that, but that's because they don't want to give me any credit. But it was the best one we ever had. I mean, the monthly open mic at the Tin Roof was a lot of fun. I would say that was in, in, in a run for a better open mic than the Big Gun Burger Shop. But it was awesome. In its heyday, people were packing that place out, and it was a, it was a jam. And I remember uh, during 2012, Jordan Rock, Chris Rock's brother uh, came to do comedy at the open mic. And that was just like the greatest thing that ever happened. Uh, and I know Jordan now fairly well. And I mean, I don't, I'm not slamming him, but he wasn't necessarily crushing it at the open mic. But we were so just so thrilled to have him there. And uh, it was amazing. And then that was the first year that Evan hosted the jailbreak uh, comedy room at the Jailbreak Festival. It was a music music and arts festival. And the lineup uh, was Lauren Crass, Sarah Porter, Danny Green, me, Evan Burke, and then we had the band introducing Fish Taco. Now, all of these people were hot on the comedy scene in Charleston. And, I mean, that year was a lot of fun. The next year is, is I think, the poster that I have hanging on my wall. It was sponsored by Big Gun. And that was in 2013, and I think that was the best it ever was. I think that was an unbelievable year. But 2012 really launched that whole thing. And so 2012 was just an amazing year of things. And then later on in 2012, I would go on to win uh, uh, the stand-up competition in Charleston for the second time. And I would be the two-time champion, and then I would get... Uh, no, that would be next year. So 2012, so that was happening, and it was just, uh, just you know, a big year filled with a lot of fun stuff. And all right, so that's it for the Seaside Tour of 2012. Now let's get into a little where we've been, where we're going. Where they go, where they've been, where they go. Okay, this past weekend, I went to Chattanooga, Tennessee, to the comedy catch at the Chattanooga Choo Choo. I always say that sounds like the soul train of country music. Come on down to the Chattanooga Choo Choo. And then people are like just square dancing around. And Okay, that was not the applause that I was hoping for. Uh, I got a lot of unlabeled buttons. And they make noises like that and whatnot. So um, I always have a great time in Chattanooga. I mean, it is such a fun show. And if you, like I say, I already did this already. I already recorded uh, talking about Chattanooga for 20 minutes. So if somehow I've repeat, I repeat something, uh, I, that's not my fault. It is my fault, but don't blame me. You know what I mean? And um, 
Had a great time. Did five shows. Had a uh, host, Donnie Marsh, who's local to Chattanooga. Always very funny. Always very professional. I appreciate him uh, hosting. I appreciate what he does. Um, and then uh, feature, I took a comedian from Chattanooga that lives in Nashville, Chance Willie, um, who is just crushing it on the Nashville scene right now. And I saw him recently. I've known him for a while, but I saw him recently at Zany's and I was like, dang, this dude's crushing it. So um, I've been trying to take, you know, different people on the road with me. But every time I start taking someone on the road, a more famous comic steals them away from me. So, uh, you know, I started, me and Aaron Weber started working the road together. Uh, and then he, and then Nate Bargatze starts taking him. And then uh, Brian Bates, uh, will go with me sometimes, but Brian's always been Nate's guy. And then um, uh, started taking Connor Larson on the road with me, and then suddenly Rodney Carrington is taking him out on the road. So, uh, and then Chris Buck, he lives in, uh, I like, I only worked one weekend with Chris Buck, but I love Chris, and um, he uh, lives in Jacksonville. So when I get some closer stuff, I'm going to try to take Chris some more. But, so, uh, all I'm saying is Chance and Chris, I mean, if, once you start traveling with me guys the big time guys will really scoop you up so get ready but chance was crushing it chattanooga is not an easy room i have a lot of fun there but it is not an easy room it's a it's a a, a, a random group of people that will come to the comedy catch i mean you'll get uh you know the cool hip trendy people and then you'll get people from the mountains of tennessee coming out and I like that. I like that blend of people. You never know what you're going to get. I mean, the last time I was there, I did a corporate gig for a, for a paving company. Um, and then I think there were a bunch of welders and whatnot there this past time. And it's fun. But it's not an easy room. And Chance really did a great job. He really crushed it. He did, has a lot of joke about, about pills. And I think Chattanooga could really get into that. I mean, and that's basically the premise of his joke is if you're from Chattanooga, you're on pills. And uh, um, I don't know that I can argue with it. Any mountain town, I feel like there's a lot of drug addicts, you know. And I don't, I mean, I dig the drug addict people. I mean, I am on board with you. I'm a bit of an addict myself. Uh, I'm not currently really addicted to anything except my phone. But, um, well, and nicotine and CBD. But, but, um, uh, you know, I, 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 I relate with it. You know, I was just writing this last night, you know, that it's like, I feel like some people like just hate the world, right? So, and then they find, they discover alcohol or they discover drugs and it's like, it makes the world tolerable. So you're like, you really fall into it. And I think that's true for me. I mean, I love my life, right? But it's like, I don't know. I kind of like hate the world, right? I mean, it's like everybody's mad all the time and now everybody's like fearful and mad and then like they want to wear a mask and then if you don't wear a mask, they're mad at you. And it's like, it's like I like the world that I've created for myself, but overall I kind of hate the world too, right? So it's like, I had to come off of alcohol and then learn to deal. Um, but I, I don't think it's wrong to hate the world. I think it's wrong to hate people, but I don't think it's wrong to hate the world. I mean, it's a weird place we're in. I don't know what's going on. I mean, you know, you go outside, it's very happy. You go on the internet and it is a, it is a war zone. Um, but I, I, anyway, I, I don't know. I just think that I kind of, you know, I always relate with people that are addicted to things because it's like, that's why you're doing it. You're doing it to escape. And I get the escape, you know. And that's what comedy is for me. I mean, comedy is kind of that escape. I go on stage and for, you know, one hour I stand up there and I'm not in my head. I just talk about stuff and I riff. And I've been recording my sets more and I've got a, I got a hookup on audio. My audio is better now, so I've been posting more of my riffing. If you if you don't follow me on TikTok uh, at Dusty Slay on TikTok, and then I've been posting a little bit on Twitter, um, Instagram has turned into Facebook a bit. I try to push people to my Instagram, but I don't really want to push any of my put any of my edgier riffs on there. Uh, I got a lot of family that follows me on there, so not that anything that I do is too edgy, but um, 
I just took some notes to have things to talk about, but um, uh, but sometimes what I type, I'm like, jeez, why are you trying to get so deep? But I feel like sometimes, uh, okay, we're still talking about Chattanooga before I talk about all these notes, but I had a great time in Chattanooga. I saw a friend, Joy uh, Jambroni, I think is how you pronounce her last name. She went to Auburn. I went to Opelika, but I remember her you know, right after I graduated high school, we used to hang out a little bit. We ran in kind of the same circle of friends. Her and her husband popped up. It was great to see them. Uh, Troy Ritchie and his dad, Mac Ritchie, came to the show. It was great to see them. My mom, my brother-in-law, sister, nephew, uh, my brother-in-law's cousin, and then a, another lady that I'm pretty sure I've seen before, and um, a guy they all work with. They all came to the show. That's great. Uh, some podcast listeners, some TikTok fans all came out to the show and I really enjoy it. I mean, I've said this before and not even in a, and I don't mean this in a cheesy way, but one of my favorite things is to meet people after the show. I mean, that's why I like selling merch because it gives me a reason to stand there and meet people because I've tried to not sell merch before and meet people. And sometimes people don't want to come up to me. So it's like, oh, then I just feel weird. I'm just kind of standing there awkwardly, but, um, I um I just have such a good time in Chattanooga. We ate at a place called like Mo Burrito while we were there, and uh, that was fun. And I had cigars every night. Uh, me and Chance sat out and had cigars on a park bench while people walked by alone with mask on. And um, but it was really a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. We were going to do like a uh, Ruby Falls, but apparently it was like a Halloween-type Ruby Falls, and you had to book in advance, and we didn't book in advance, so we didn't go. Uh, and then where am I going? I'm going to Greenwood, Indiana, to Gutty's Comedy Club. Now, I've never been to Gutty's. My understanding of Greenwood is that it is a, a suburb of Indianapolis, and I used to go to Indianapolis a bunch. I used to do Crackers Comedy Club. I have nothing against Crackers, and I just, um, I think a combination of things happening with the club, there used to be two clubs, and they went down to one club, and then I think they were having some struggles, and then all of it, because there was some stuff going down with their social media and their web pages. I think that the club just, the owner of the club had a falling out with some other people. I don't know. I don't know the details, but the drama was made public. And then COVID hit, so I'm just not getting booked there, and I, I, want to do that club I, i'd like to continue to do that club but it's just not happening so my friend johnny w went up and did gutty's comedy club and then he messaged me about it and said that i should reach out to them so i did and i got booked there so i'm excited about it i mean it, me talking about crackers is not a slight on gutty's either i've never been to gutty's i'm looking forward to it i'm happy i just want to do comedy so i'm happy when people will bring me in uh, but I just, anybody that may listen or, or, or know me from Crackers, uh, I just, uh, you know, I want to throw that out there. But it's two shows this weekend, Friday and Saturday, uh, working with a comic named Jake Rubel. Uh, is it Rubel? I think it's Rubel. But um, I like him. We follow each other on social media. I'm pumped that he's doing the show. Apparently, this club is a clean comedy club, which I'm actually... That seems pretty awesome to me. I mean, I, I get a little nervous when I'm told that the show is clean because then I'm like, ugh. I like to be clean in an environment where you can say anything. That way, if you slip up and say something wild, nobody cares because they didn't expect you to be clean in the first place. But I do like the idea of a clean comedy club because I don't have to worry about telling the comics to be clean because the club's already done that. And so that's a lot of fun. Um, That'll be this weekend, the 23rd and the 24th. One show each night. I'm told that the Saturday show may be sold out already, but don't take my word for it. Try to book a ticket. Um, and then let's sell it out. Let's sell out both. It's just two shows. Let's sell them out both. I think I'll be on Bob and Tom on Friday morning uh, on a Zoom call. Uh, so I get to... That's the best of both worlds, honestly. You get to do radio and not have to leave the house. I'm all about it. Um, and that's where I'm going and that's where I've been and it's been a great time. So let's, let's, let's go over some of these notes I wrote down.
Um, I did all those songs. Let's play a song by someone I really enjoy, J.J. Kale. I'm going to play the first song I ever heard by J.J. Kale. And just so you get an idea of who this guy is, but he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is one of my favorite places to go. I'd like to do comedy in Tulsa. Again, I got to get that worked out. I want to go to Tulsa for for a weekend just so I can kind of hang out in the city and get into the vibe there. I I like it there a lot. Um, But I'm going to play a song by J.J. Kale. Get ready. That is a great song. J.J. Kale wrote a couple of songs for um, Eric Clapton, like this song. just very chill i could just play songs by jj kale forever so um but yeah let's get into some of these notes i took um i was taking some stuff the other day just talk text in the car the other day um i feel like sometimes you're too early for things right like you're too early for music or movies or even people right like you come into uh, an album or something and you listen to it and you're like you don't like it and then years later you listen to it again and you're like wow this is really good why did i not like that before and i think it's you're too early for things you've come into it too early right i mean i remember i watched the big lebowski 
when I was probably 21. I was drinking a little bit with some friends. And halfway through, I was like, what the heck is going on in this movie? Like, I have no idea what's happening. And for a long time, I remember telling people, I was like, I don't know why everyone likes The Big Lebowski so much. Everybody talks about how great it is, and I don't get it. And I went back and watched it, you know, several years ago, but as an older, smarter person. And I watched it, and I was like, wow, this is incredible. And now it's one of my favorite movies. And uh, in Coen Brothers movies, the same for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Like, I remember watching that when I was in my late teens, probably 17, 18. And I liked it. But upon watching it again, I, I appreciated it. Like, I liked it before, but I really appreciated it the second time around. I was like, this is amazing. And I, I feel like that for music, it can be like that. Like, um, uh, you know, you listen to something, you're just not ready for it. I, that's why I always talk about the Beatles, right? I had a weird thing. When I was in high school, I had a weird thing. I liked Charles Manson, weirdly, right? It's one of those things where you're like, you know, you're a kid. I mean, I was a kid. I always kind of felt, I always thought of myself as kind of a weird kid, you know, like I grew up poor and then I started wearing skull t-shirts and I was like, I was almost trying to be weird so that the weirdness is like a fun, I was like mysterious and dark, right? That's what I wanted to be. And this was before the internet and I like, I read a couple of Charles Manson books and I didn't like Charles Manson, the murderer, Right, I read a book called Manson in His Own Words, and I liked Charles Manson, the hippie, right? Because when you read about him, there was like this whole thing that they were doing. I mean, I guess it's a cult, right? But they were doing this whole thing prior to murdering people, <laughs> right? The murdering apparently like happened in one or two nights, and then that's all we now know, right? And I'm not saying there's anything to admire about them. I'm not saying any of that, but it's interesting, right? Because back then you would just get a clip or two of Charles Manson on the TV and you'd be like, whoa, this guy is nuts, right? And yes, he is. But if you read his book, you read about his life and then you read about like he had like a, a black school bus that they, they would roll around in and then they were living in old abandoned movie ranches like places where they used to film these old westerns out in California, now were abandoned, and that's where he was living with his family, essentially. It was a bunch of other dudes. Uh, one of those guys was um, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. I mean, he would go and hang out with Manson because Charles Manson played music. That's what he was trying to get going. And then he had all these, basically these girls, that these lost hippie women that were like, you know, uh, unhappy with their lives and in search of something else. They found Charles Manson and they would go out in the woods and or out in the desert and do a bunch of acid and get, you know, who knows. Do, and, and it was just like, it was interesting to me. And so I, I was always interested in that. And then they would talk about the Beatles, like they had this whole thing with the Beatles White Album where they had interpreted uh, all this weird stuff into the album. So I thought, well, I want to listen to that album. But it was a double disc album. It was about 30 bucks. There was no Spotify back then. I was like, I'm just going to buy it. You know, I mean, in 30 bucks when you're making, uh, when I was uh, working at Office Depot, working 40 hours a week, I was making 220 a week, right? And when you're making 220 a week, 30 bucks is a lot of money. So I was like, oh, man. So I, I ended up buying it, and when I listened to it, I was like, this is not good. I do not like this. I was going to do a breakdown of, of the White Album at one point, I think, but that was prior to coronavirus hitting. But I'm just going to play, like, the Beatles' White Album. This was the song that Charles Manson used to talk about, right? So I was like, all right, I, I want to hear this song because Helter Skelter is what they wrote on the wall in blood when they killed these people, right? So uh, I want to say they went to kill like Rowan Farrow. Is that right? No, not that guy. Who Roman Polanski, the guy that like, I don't know, people are saying, I don't know a lot about it, but people are saying like he was like a, a child molester or something. I don't know if that's true. I'm not trying to spread rumors about him, but there is something about him. 
and uh, I think they went to kill him, and then he wasn't there. I just thought that was weird. But anyway, this was the song. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. Okay. All right. So keep that in mind. Now, probably one of my favorite songs at the time was this. Well, I went down to the Grand County auction where I saw something I just had to have. My mind told me I should proceed with caution. My heart said, go ahead and make a bid on that. And I said, hey, pretty lady, won't you give me a sign? I'd give anything to make you mine mine. I'll be your bidding and be at your beck and call. Yeah, I've never seen anyone looking so fine. Man, I gotta have her. She's a one of a kind. I'm going once, going twice. I'm sold on the lady in the second row. She's an eight, she's a nine, she's a ten, I know. She's got ruby red lips, blonde hair, blue eyes. And I'm about to bid my heart Okay, so that's one of my favorite songs at the time. And then I go from that to this. Um. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. So I've given a good portion of my weekly paycheck for a, an album that I now hated. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I just spent 30 bucks on this double disc set. But then I came to the Beatles too early, I think. I was not ready for them. But because I had forced myself into this purchase, because I had now spent 30 bucks on it, I started listening to it. And I found this song. Now somewhere in the black mining hills of Dakota there lived a young boy named Rocky Raccoon. And one day his woman ran off with another guy hitting young Rocky in the eye. Rocky didn't like that. He said, I'm gonna get that boy. So one day he walked into town, booked himself a room in the local saloon. Rocky Raccoon checked into his room. Okay. You, that's called Rocky Raccoon. You can listen to that on, on your own because why wouldn't you want to? And I was like, okay, maybe I'll get into this. So I start listening to it. And disc one off the Beatles White Album is one of my favorite albums of all time. I mean, here's another one. She's not a girl who misses much. Do -do 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 -do. Oh, yeah. She's well acquainted with the touch of the velvet hand like a lizard on a window pane. With the multicolored mirrors on his hobnail boots Lying with his eyes while his hands are busy working overtime A soap impression of his wife which he ate and donated to the National Trust Superior jumped the gun. Mother Superior jumped the gun. 
Mother Superior jumped the gun. Mother Superior jumped the gun. Mother Superior jumped the gun. Mother Superior jumped the gun. And definitely listen to that on your own with some headphones. I mean, that song is really great. I bet I can. I converted so many rednecks to to Beatles fans um, because uh, I don't know. I just I, told you about I love this stuff, you know but I came into it too too early, right? And so now, what's happening to people is had had you come into the Beatles, you get introduced to the Beatles, and you have a Spotify account. And you go, I don't like that. And then you never listen to it again because why would you? Because you have so many things out there to listen to. And I don't think there's a good appreciation for a lot of a lot of music. And uh, it's a real shame. I mean, there are some really great Beatles songs. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a couple at you and then I'm gonna get out of here. But this is this is one that I've always liked. It's um I don't know what this is. It's um, on Spotify. That the, They have so, I don't know, it's like super deluxe edition. Like, I don't want that. I just want the regular. Um, oh, this song. Um, there's a, uh, a, Saturday Night Live, a Saturday Night Live episode where Chris Farley has Paul McCartney on there. And this is the song they talk about. Here it goes. I'm going to skip to the end. It's coming. Okay, so that's that song. Uh, I, and then I'm going to try to play this. I don't know if this will come through or not. Okay. This is Chris Farley with Paul McCartney. You remember when you were with the Beatles? And you were supposed to be dead? And uh, there's all these clues that, like... Uh, He'd play some song backwards and it'd say, like, Paul is dead. And uh, everyone thought that you were dead or something. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that was um, a hoax, right? Yeah, I, I wasn't really dead. Right. Uh, you, you remember um, Beatlemania? Yeah. Where are those four guys, they dressed, uh, I went on stage and they looked like you and, and then they played Beatles songs and, and Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> Chris, in, in my experience it is. Okay. And in the end. Oh, here the we go. I sk- <laughs> uh, remember when uh, you were in the, the Beatles? And uh, he did that um, album, Abbey Road, and uh, at the very end of the song, it was, the song it goes, uh, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. You remember that? Yes. Is that true? Yes, Chris. In, in my experience, it is, I find the more you give, the more you get. Oh, that's the best. 
Um, that's the best. I hope that makes sense. I hope any of this podcast makes sense. I don't know. Uh, sometimes I'm just on here talking. Um, but I enjoy doing it. And I also enjoy uh, people's emails. I don't always respond. Um, and I will respond, but I don't always respond right away. But I do read every email, and I do appreciate those when they come in. And uh, please send them any topics you'd like me to talk about, any questions you have for me, any advice for comics, advice in life. I'll, I'll give some advice. I mean, because I feel like there's this weird thing where you have to have – you have to be old. You have to be. A, you have to have studied this to be an expert on something. Well, I don't think so. I think you only have to live those experiences to be able to share an experience with another person. And I'm not necessarily giving advice. I'm sharing uh, my thoughts. So if you have those questions, please send them to me. Whether it be regarding life, religion, anything, biblical questions, I'd love to answer them. Uh, I, I, I at least try. So thank you very much, and we're having a good time.